Whether you're starting out, settling into, or scaling up your freelance business, navigating the ever-changing marketplace can be challenging. That's why the Freelance Heroes portal is the best place for you. On top of the essential practical support and resources available, the Freelance Heroes community provides moral support too, to help you go it alone without feeling alone. We like to think of the community as virtual business sidekicks, always there when you need them. For greater presence and support to help your freelance business grow, join Freelance Heroes. And right now, you can also try out our gold membership for one month for free. Sign up today at freelance-heroes.com. Hello there, Ed Goodman here, and welcome to the Freelance Heroes podcast. Now, more people have been online in 2020 than at any point previously, especially on social media too, which is great, of course, because it means there are more of our audience are online that we can reach out to. But it's also a challenge because there's more people producing content that we need to cut through. We need to therefore tell our story in a more effective way than maybe we had done previously. Today's podcast, we get to chat to Helen Deakin, who tells us all about this, putting your questions to understand, actually, how should we be telling our story as freelancers? Uh, How can we come across as authentic as possible? What's the barrier between being too personal for the information that we share? And how do we cut through so much of the noise out there? And not just telling the stories, but how do we plan to get it right as well? So much to cover off during this podcast and a great time to do it too as we wrap up 2020 and get ready for 2021. So enjoy. Hello, Deacon. Hello. Lovely to meet you. Hi, Ed. How are you? I'm not too bad, thank you. Not too bad at all. Um, So uh, one thing that 2020, I feel, has created more than anything else, um, apart from the medical side, is more content, more noise and more stories, um, more with context, more without context. So I want to use this chat to kind of help freelancers know where to approach their story from, and uh, if that makes sense, and where to go with it and how to be authentic and all that kind of stuff, really. But I think it would only be fair if um, we let the listeners know who you are. I mean, those who don't know you, obviously. Thank you. Um, yeah, well, it's, uh, thank you very much for the invite to come on and have a chat like this. It's so important at the moment um, for all of us. So I'm a freelance communication specialist. Um, I help charities, social enterprises and companies who care about their communities. So really, I'm, I'm there to provide the support that they need to make a difference. Um, I create communication strategies. So it's all about setting out the most compelling way to get your message across. And I also provide an experience pair of hands to deliver communications projects too. So I'm there to add that capacity and experience, really. So how what got you into it? So um, I, <laughs> I, should, I should have asked it. What's your story? <laughs> yeah, my story. Um, I went freelance last year. So um, in 2019, and um, I celebrated my freelance anniversary this autumn. Um, basically, it felt the right, like the right time for me. Um, I've built up 12 years experience in comms, so working within the charity sector and the public sector. Um, and I really saw the opportunity to support people who had more limited capacity, so they felt focused and confident about their communications. Um, 
I wanted to help clients kind of put in place strategies, tools, um, tips to kind of achieve achieve their goals, really. Um, and it's been great. I, I love the variety of the work. Um, I'm sure we'll get into kind of what this this year's looked like to, um, for everybody, but it's it's been a it's been a really productive one for me. Um, I've been helping organisations communicate with their staff during lockdown, uh, raise their profile, um, sharpen their messages. So they can kind of get their programmes across. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it's a fantastic uh, change um, to go freelance. And also, I think like many people, I just want, really wanted the opportunity to shape a working life that worked for me too. Uh, that was another big motivator, the flexibility, really. So how different is it when you're working to tell the story of the charities that you're working for to now going freelance and having to tell your own story? How does that, how does that transit? Is it been natural because it's what you do? Or do you find that because there's more of an emotional connection to yourself and your own business, that actually it presents some challenges you may or may not have been expecting? Yes, and I think the one of the, the amazing things about being freelance is that you you can tell your own story. It's all about us as individuals, as, as small businesses. Um, and when I kind of talk about kind of telling your freelance story, it's really about explaining your purpose, how you can help and, and your values. Um, and one of the kind of fantastic things about freelance life is the freedom. We have the, the freedom to tell people you know, what we care about and, and why we're here, really. So Simon Sinek, you could argue, had a, a massive kickstart in this with his book, Start With Why. So um, I guess I, I want to ask you what, we'll start with, why is storytelling so important when we're talking about who we are and what we do? So yeah, as you referenced um, with Simon Sinek's uh, book, he talks a lot about if we're clear about the purpose, why we're here to deliver our services and um, rather than what we're here to deliver and how we're delivering. It's a lot more compelling and engaging. Um, so storytelling is really a kind of marketing tool. Um, it helps you build a deeper connection with your audience. Uh, they understand how you fit into their lives and how you're there to help. And we really all learn from stories as well. It's by sharing experiences and seeing other people's observations that we, we learn and um, understand more about um, organisations and what they're there for. Um, I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate with a few of these questions um, because you know I, I agree with you in, in about storytelling, and um, but um, I, I want to throw some of the challenges that I know freelancers often come up with when we talk about this. So I guess I, so one of the challenges is, but I'm just not very interesting enough. I mean, how do you how does how do you get someone to tell a, tell a story or tell their story when that's how they're feelings start or that's the starting point of their feelings well really telling your story is all about um thinking about your audience and what they need and the best storytellers do that so really if you're thinking about you know explaining your purpose in a way that resonates with your audience you're you're on the right track and you're you know you're on your way to stand out so if you ex clearly explain to people how you can help them if you, you build trust with them, so if you're kind of communicating with them in a way that's personalised to what they need, um, really it's all about creating a conversation. Um, you know, it's talking about why things matter to you and, and what we're here to do. And I think one of the fantastic things as a freelancer is that we can share what we love about what we do as well. 
I mean, I know that there are some that have said before when we have these conversations, <laughs> which go, who cares what my story is? Who cares? I, and I get it from the audience perspective, but, you know, it's often a barrier going, well, I can tell what my likes are and um, and the story that got me to this point. But, you know, who cares? It's a good, a good challenge. It's always important to think about who's, who's caring about what you're doing. Um, but really at the moment, and, and you know, we've seen this with the with the pandemic and, and this year, it's more than it's more important than ever to create kind of trust in your brand. So at a time of crisis, people have shifted to thinking about, you know, their health, their jobs, their families. It's what we're all caring about at the moment. Um, but people want to trust organisations that they buy from and that they work with. Um, trust has really emerged as a main driver when it comes to consumers. There's actually been some really interesting research on this and something kind of always look at um, every year is the Edelman Trust Barometer. And they run yearly global surveys across the world with people about trust. Um, And basically during this pandemic, people are saying that if they perceive that a brand is putting profit over people, that they're going to lose that trust in that brand. you know, but when brands step up, when they're showing that they emphasise with their customers, um, they're showing positive positivity, um, they're showing hope is what we all need at the moment. That's when they gain that loyalty. Um, and what's important to do as a freelancer is remember that we have our own brands to protect. And when you think about communications, it's all about how you're building and maintaining your reputation. That's the main the main thing, really, it comes down to that trust and reputation we all care about maintaining that so i feel the big question is coming up which is how because we're approaching 2021 very rapidly in fact by the time that um some will be listening to this it may already be 2021 so now might be a time to refresh take stock and part of that being communicating uh, who we are and why we do what we do. So I've got the metaphorical blank piece of paper. In fact, hold on. I literally have a blank piece of paper. <laughs> so where do I start? So, yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is to also, you know, comms doesn't need to be overwhelming. Um, it can be it can be simple, it can be focused, and you can just take some time regularly to think about it. It's more important to kind of regularly check in how you're doing and look at your performance, see how your content's performing, um, and just take that kind of those small steps. Um, I actually think that's really important at the moment as well. You know, we're all taking each day as it comes when it gets, you know, in terms of the crisis with, with coronavirus and kind of thinking about the transition to a post-COVID economy and where we all fit in that. So, you know, first of all, it doesn't need to be a kind of insurmountable um, task. And, I'd really suggest, obviously, that people, you know, keep thinking about how they communicate. And one of the ways you can do that is by having a bit of a strategy in place, having a bit of time to plan. We all know, you know, the more time you spend kind of structuring your thinking, it kind of saves you time and resource in the long run. Um, Like many things in business, this doesn't really need to be super complicated. It can just be kind of coming up with a simple plan. So in terms of what that includes, um, I'd always, you know, be really clear about what, goals you want to achieve your communication so obviously making sure they're smart but also how they link to your overall business objectives so 
you know, if you're looking to really promote a service, do you need to increase your brand engagement or your awareness? And how does how are your comms supporting your overall goals? Um, second thing it needs to include is just really clear focus on your tar- target audience. So, you know, who you want to speak to. One of the things I always say is, you know, we can't speak to everyone at the same time. Um, if we're really focused on who we want to speak to, then you can use the rest of your plan to set out you know, what's going to be the effective messaging that reaches them and how can you make the best use of your communication channels? Are you in the places where they want to show up? Are you there to have that conversation? Really, you know, communication is all about having a conversation with that, that target audience. So I guess if we can just break that down a little bit, I'm thinking of people who, who maybe haven't addressed any, let alone enough thought to this particular area. So what would be a good example of a, a smart objective when it or you know when it comes to setting your communication strategy so it might be something like you really want to raise awareness of your brand i'd focus on you know you want to do that with a particular part of your target audience and really where goals get get really effective is when you're thinking about how you measure it as well so right okay i want to i want to reach more people so i'm going to measure that by looking at creating that content that does that, but also tracking whether it's performing, um, you know, looking at my, you know, numbers, number of followers or um, the reach that my social media posts are having. Rather than kind of vanity metrics, we kind of need to know how our comms are landing, whether they're really engaging our audience. Um, the more that you look at that and you look at what you're producing and you think, right, okay, my top three posts this month have been all focused on this kind of content. This is what my audience wants to hear. Um, if we do that kind of review, regular review, we can build on the things that are working well, or we can change things to better meet what our people want us to deliver as well. So it's just keeping focused on what your audience need. I think we, we only talk um, so well about the, the the key target market because you know that makes sense. You imagine the you know, your best customer standing in front of you and you want to be able to communicate with them. But <clears throat> many freelancers will think, well, hang on a second, I actually deal with a broad target market and I don't necessarily want to alienate, not anybody, as you say, you can't talk to everyone, but I don't want to alienate one section while I'm trying to communicate over a period of time with another. So how do I ensure that I stay focused with my communication strategy without alienating those that might sit on the fringes of my target audience yeah that's really important um and what what you know there isn't just one target audience when you think about your audience it normally ends up breaking down into to many different groups and some of those might be a lot more disengaged with what you're doing at the moment um you might need to kind of take them further along on kind of what they know about you and your products or um yeah, just really kind of uh, get to know them a bit more. So the important thing is to kind of break down your target audience into different segments. Once you have those, it might be based on demographics or it might be based on their behaviours. So like I said before, people who interact more with you or people who are currently buying your product or a competitor's product. And once you've got those different audiences, you kind of create those personas, like you were saying. It's like someone's then standing in front of you that kind of brings to life that. So, you know, think about what they care about and um, what their motivations are. And then you can think, right, okay, once I'm, when I'm planning my content, and I always kind of 
you know, focus on the benefits of planning. If you're proactive, you can kind of work out what messages are going to land for those different audiences. Um, once you're planning your content, you can then have a look and say, am I, you know, am I meeting the needs of these different types of audiences? You might have a month that you really want to focus on bringing back those kind of disengaged customers. But yes, you're right. Like you should also be thinking if I'm someone who's already um, using your service, how is this landing with me too? Um, so it's, it's that awareness. And if I find if you have that really clear segmentation, which basically is just, you know, different profiles of different people, if you have that in your mind, it's a lot easier to make sure you're not putting out content that's, um, you know, not, it's kind of too broad to even to kind of hit any of them. It's just having that mix, um, mix of content, really. I feel this question might put you on the spot a little bit, but what's your definition of boring content? Boring content. Uh, sorry, <laughs> that's a good question. Um, my definition was very different to your definition, I'm sure. <laughs> that's the whole point. It's like, you know, everyone... everyone I must admit, that's what I was hoping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it's you know, boring content is is content that's just put out, um, and it's just people just putting stuff out for the sake of it, rather than thinking about who wants to read it. Um, and you'll notice this; it's kind of it often comes very much from kind of an organisation. You know, we want to say this. It's like, well, you might want to say something, but does anyone actually want to listen to it? And if they, you know, if they do want to listen to it, are you kind of saying it in a way that actually engages them? So I've kind of you know, is your tone of voice like right? You know, are you are you being really kind of straightforward and direct when actually people want a bit of humor and, and fun? Like that's the kind of if you have that mismatch, that's when it gets boring because you're just kind of you know it's not it's not resonating with anybody. How does a I mean you mentioned the tone of voice there, which is I think often and you'll obviously be able to correct me if I'm wrong, I suspect one of the most often overlooked areas of a communication strategy, that and measurement probably, but so how does a brand go about identifying its tone of voice? That's, yeah, I think it is, it's really important. I think a lot of people struggle with it as well because you might feel that, you know, your tone of voice does need to be adaptable. So you might sound very different in a kind of, you know, an email to a client and, information on your website or on you know when you're creating an Instagram post so people struggle with it because they feel like it, you know you, you do need to be consistent but also um I suppose it's just having that flexibility and again this comes back to freelancers have such an advantage because it you can bring your personality to your work and you can bring that tone of voice and if you start by thinking you know hopefully you know, if you've had some time to think about your business and what your values are, that will really help inform your tone of voice. So do you want to kind of be known as friendly and approachable? Do you want to be, um, you know, get across your expertise? Or do you want to have more humour? Um, if you think about your values and kind of what matters to you, often that can help just come up with a couple of points about you know how how you want to sound um, and I think it's really important you know everyone chats a lot about authenticity um, and how much we hate it when things don't seem authentic um, and how difficult it is in this kind of you know social media world where a lot of things perhaps don't seem, seem very authentic a lot of the time um, 
if we actually think about you know who we are and what our business is there and again coming back to that why is that if you understand what your purpose is as a business and you know what your values are it becomes a lot clearer to to talk in a way that feels right to you um and then also obviously most importantly um sounds sounds right to your customers as well one of the um, when it comes to communication, I know a lot of introverted people or shy people, maybe more so, that will feel that you know when I'm talking to people who I know and I trust, it's easy to convey who I am and get my personality across. But when I'm talking to strangers um, or even more acquaintances rather than friends, especially especially through social media channels where it's only really uh, you know snippets of conversation how do how what advice would you give in someone who is quite shy in getting that process started for whatever reason could be fear of utter silence it could be fear of you know negativity coming back at them what what would you advise them to, to kind of help them overcome that well, yeah, I completely understand, and they're not alone. Um, I think this is such a common, common, um, common issue for so many people. And um, again, what I find really helps is if you come back to, you know, you're talking about your business because you're there to help people. And if you think again, if it's often easier for people to think about others than it is about themselves. So rather than being like, you know, I've got this great service, I'm doing stuff, and it can sometimes, you know, you, you feel like you're putting yourself out there, you're being kind of not quite getting it right if you actually think you know I want to communicate communicate about my service because I know that it will help people and you know if I get out there and I say this is what I'm doing today people might actually find that really helpful and kind of get that insight and understand what I'm doing and learn from it um so yeah think about think about other people and kind of take that pressure off yourself um oh and talking of taking pressure off yourself just have a go and I think it's more important to kind of, again, you know, speak to people, get out, get content out there, be turning up consistently, showing up online consistently, than it is to actually, um, you know, that's more important than kind of, you know, being on every single channel, because as long as you're where your audience are and you're having more of that conversation based on what they want to, to know and talk about, um, that that's the most important thing. Uh, so, um, I mean, you've talked wonderfully and with some great uh, tips around kind of starting that process, but measurement is, is key when there's so much going on too. So how do I measure the effectiveness of my communication strategy? So measurement really is all about your outcomes. Um, so, you need to be kind of the best way to track how you're performing and how your communication is doing is actually how are they translating into what you need to achieve, whether that's kind of more sales or um, more people knowing about your your issue or your cause. So ultimately, that's the that's the best way to, to know that. Um, but then there's also things you can look at in terms of the outputs and that are coming from your communications. So, you know, if you're thinking about um, awareness or engagement there's there's things you can look at and it's a lot easier now and it's kind of a lot easier to do it ourselves as, as small businesses to to look at analytics and you know if you want to increase traffic to a website are you looking at where that traffic's coming from are you you know regularly seeing um 
whether people are you know just clicking onto your homepage and then bouncing off you know there's a lot of things now we can do and look at to kind of to do that in a kind of simple way and check how things are performing really and it doesn't need to be super complicated it's all about you know again coming back to that consistency point it's better to look at something every week every month um and then perhaps do a you know a bit of a deep dive into what could change say every quarter than it is to you know just put stuff out there and not know how it's how it's going um so yeah measurement can it's really important um but it also doesn't need to be super complicated so when did this change because i think we obviously in terms of storytelling we're used to in popular culture storytelling and i mean not even not just popular culture but you know religion and, and, and other areas but when did it really start to kind of be part of actually the requirement of a successful business to be able to tell their story i think it's yeah i think it's been around for a while it's definitely come into kind of more of an organizational comms um focus over the last couple of years and i think it's just people being learning a lot more about how how people learn how people take in content and i think as you said ed at the start you know we're consuming more things online than ever before and you know during this pandemic kind of our online use has just absolutely you know spiked so it's you know I think there's been a lot more focus on us as kind of as as human beings really and it's kind of you know we learn by stories and um, we're not just there just to have things broadcast at us and, and shoved at us um, we're there because you know we, we want to be part of communities we want to have conversations with other people um and successful communications think about things like that they kind of they're personalized and they think about what people need you've mentioned understandably so social media a lot as a way of kind of getting that story across do we put too much emphasis on social media for this and if so where else should we be looking to to help get that story across as i say yeah well the, the most important thing to think about is, is where your, your audience are and actually if you're if you're a small business that's perhaps kind of you know your audience isn't on social media it's not the right place for you to be and you don't need you know and if your audience are on social media they might not be on every single channel and um, so actually it's you know it's more important to think right i've thought about who i want to talk to I actually know that they they love Instagram rather than anything else. So I'm going to spend my time there and that's what I'm going to get good at and that I'm going to build my community there. So it doesn't need to be on social media. Um, these principles, you know, principle thinking about your audience first comes across everything. So everything you write, anything you put out externally from your business is a communication. So, you know, that could be how you send emails and, um, you know, flyers, um, how you market your business, everything is kind of a way of talking to other people. So this, all the same principles apply. Um, I suppose the way that kind of the reason we're focusing a lot more on, on social media is because I think a lot more people kind of are turning to it as everyone's kind of pivoted online. There's a lot of the way that kind of people obviously looking to sell and promote things at the moment, um, but it's definitely not the only way. Uh, I mean, I think I love your idea of just kind of get into it just start telling it and just start conveying i think that's a, a wonderful place to start but if people wanted to 
read more. Obviously, if people want more support, they should get in touch with you and we'll put your, your links in the show notes. But if people want to read more about it, what books would you recommend to kind of help explain the art of storytelling? That's a really good idea. And I'll, um, I'll definitely have a think and perhaps I can kind of post some, some good examples. Mm, please do. I think there is, there's, a lot, there's a lot out there to read, um, but rather than probably another kind of CPD type book, um, what I'd encourage people to do instead is just actually look at what, what they like um, in terms of content. So something I encourage people to do is kind of keep, um, if they're looking to kind of look at their communication strategy and perhaps kind of focus on their brand is actually create a kind of bit of an inspiration file. So when you see things, you're like, oh, I absolutely love um, that bit of copy or I really like that person's, um, how they've talked about their business and social media, you know, save that idea, take that inspiration. Um, because really it's about, rather than kind of um, one way of doing things, it's kind of, if you think about what your audience need and you're thinking about your own your own purpose and your own um, way that you want to communicate and you're kind of taking that inspiration in, that'll be a lot more powerful and useful for you. Um, so yeah, I'd encourage people to do that. Keep an eye on what on what they think is really good, really. I love that. I love that inspiration file. Have you got one? Yes. And, and, and um, yeah, and I love, um, you know, I get inspired by kind of following so many different people. And that's one of the great things about freelance heroes as well, because you see so many different um freelancers and their businesses and how they're talking about things and what they're trying and you know there's always someone out there who's trying things a little bit differently who's perhaps doing something that you've been like well, okay I've been thinking about trying to have a go you know with my business on, on that so there's always someone out there to learn from. Brilliant I, have, I envisage this massive scrapbook of yours but I see it's probably more <laughs> a digital a digital file. Um, so, I mean, there's so many, it's, I, I don't know how you're going to answer this question, but we, given that we've covered so much and there's so much that you've talked through, what top three tips would you give to kind of bring this all together? Great. Yeah. So um, my top three tips would be, number one, understand your audience. Number two, explain how you can help. And number three, make your values visible. So each of those in turn, I suppose, you know, I've talked a lot about understanding your audience and it's always always the most important thing <laughs> to focus on. But I think one thing to bear in mind is that you might think you know who your audience are and we all, you know, we all will have that kind of inherent understanding and, you know, from our day-to-day -day business. But at the moment, then, you know, our clients' needs are changing and they are going to change again as we kind of transition into this post-COVID world. So just kind of think about, you know, what you know about them, not just like demographics, but like, you know, where do they spend their time online? You know, what problems are they facing at the moment? Um, how much do they know about you? Um, and what do they care about? Who else is influencing them? And um, so there's a whole host of things you can kind of dig into um, just to kind of, the more you deepen your focus on kind of what they're after, the more you can kind of, you know, better meet, uh, meet that need. Um, Sorry, go on. No, no, it's just insane. Yeah, it's just about being personalised, really, again. I'm showing my personality there by butting in. I apologise. <laughs> um, so uh, actually one other uh, uh, thing that, that just came into my head too is that, so, I mean, you mentioned freelancers are in a wonderful position because, you know, they are their business and the story is is so personal. But I have no doubt there'll be freelancers who just don't want to I don't know, for whatever reason, you know, they're not comfortable with it. 
they don't want to share it's not their style so they just they don't want to put themselves out there and tell their story um it could be that they just don't get it and if they don't get mm-hmm. it then listen back to the beginning of this podcast and listen to it again um but if they i mean what advice would you have for anyone who feels no it's not me it's not my style i can't do that yeah it comes back to that kind of tip i was talking about, about explaining about how you can help so if, if you don't if you're not comfortable talking about it from you know it's, it doesn't need to be me 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 it's you know sit down take some time think about each of your services and your products and just think about from other people's perspective about how you're meeting their problems and um, once you start to do that um you know that's and if you start to kind of write and talk about your your services in that way that's one of the main things you can do really um and also just kind of you know it can seem overwhelming to kind of go out there and talk about yourself but again just just have a quick think about you know are you being really clear about what you're offering are you being really clear about how to get in touch with you because you know fundamentally you're there to kind of provide that service and if you're not you know if you're not communicating in a way that makes it easy for people to do that it's kind of you know that's a um a big no <laughs> when yeah. it comes to business <laughs> so they don't if people don't know you're there and they don't know what you're doing it's kind of even if you're busy it's kind of actually just think you know thinking about your kind of future customers and clients and, and what they need so yeah I just again I switch it back to being it doesn't you know it, it doesn't need to be all about the kind of the me 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 it can it you can focus on 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 what your your customers and your clients need and that makes it sometimes I feel a lot more a lot more comfortable and a lot more meaningful as well I mean, I think that's a brilliant way to kind of end that because I think so many, and I certainly see, you, you would see it too, so many people on social media who make it all about them as an individual and less about their audience. So, you know, it's a fantastic takeaway. I, I'm sure that there are people listening to this that will have more specific questions that relate into their business. So if they do want to get in touch, how can they do so? Yeah, so please um, please do get in touch. Um, so you can uh, drop me a line on Twitter and LinkedIn and um uh, through my website, which is just hdcom and um, yeah, I'm always there to have a chat. Um, and yeah, uh, please, please, uh, please uh, send your questions in. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And um, have you got any big goals for 21? Apart from oh, the post-COVID <laughs> world, which is quite a nice world to be in if we if we make it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think that's actually I'm going to spend some time um, over the next month really thinking about my goals for next year. I mean, fundamentally, we all just want to be healthy and happy next year, don't we? And that's the kind of most important thing. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, I think being, coming back from what, you know, I've talked a lot today about having your own values and making sure they're visible to others. And I just, you know, I want to be in a position where I'm there helping my clients and um, doing it in a meaningful way. Um, I love the ability of, freelance gives you know your flexibility of your life and you can do things and kind of you know show your commitment to your local communities and show you know the kind of person you want you you want to be and, and how you want to to work with others so we yeah it's it's lots to look forward to no it is a really difficult and challenging time for for most of us at the moment an optimistic way to end thank you very much <laughs> helen i wish you a very happy new year and um, I'm sure we'll do this again uh, as we kind of get to the end of 21 and, uh, and, and see what the world looks like and how the world of storytelling changes. But for now, thank you very much. Thanks, Ed. 
Thanks again to Helen Deacon there. And when she puts it like that, it's so simple. Talking is so simple. This isn't. This is about my 12th take. But talking to people when we're standing in front of them is so easily and we don't always plan to talk to our friends and family but when we're talking to an audience especially for the first time getting that strategic side first or getting that bit covered first before we then go into it is just so often overlooked so I'm sure like me you found today's podcast so powerful thanks very much for listening we'll be back next week until then uh, have a great week And I'd also like to take this opportunity to wish you a happy, uh, a healthy and a successful 2021. May this year ahead be your best year yet. Until next week, bye for now. (laughs) 